I'm Aaron Meyer, and you're listening to the 19.9 Podcast. Happening now after years of anticipation, the hype of high school hoops has arrived to the city of Laporte. Over the next few days, Laporte's historic Civic Auditorium will be home to the NIBC Basketball Tournament, featuring some of the best players in the country. Of Hoosier hospitality or Hoosier hysteria in uh, really one of the great venues we consider in the state of Indiana. That place looks like something right out of Hoosiers, so it's perfect. We also get into our own experiences with Hoosier Hysteria before finishing up talking about Belmont's nascent days as a Division I program, which he experienced as an athlete, and their rise to major power. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the 19.9 Podcast. I'm here with Nick Otis tonight. He is a former teammate of mine, but we're here to talk about the NIBC Laporte Invitational, and then we can't help uh, but get into some high school basketball in Indiana, reliving some glory days, and he actually played for Belmont uh, in Tennessee as well, so we'll talk a little college hoops uh, to finish up tonight. Welcome to the podcast, Nick. Thanks, Aaron, for having me. Hey, let's start here. We always start with the uh, basketball origin story. So give us your basketball origin story. How'd you get into the game? Um, w- what drew you in? Yeah, Aaron, as, as uh, you had mentioned, uh, we, we grew up together. You were a couple years older than me, but my dad was our high school basketball coach. Uh, my dad was a high school basketball and college basketball player himself. He played at Valpo High School. Uh, he was the all-time leading scorer at Valpo for over a decade and then played Big Ten basketball at Northwestern. And then after uh, college, after he got done playing in college, he coached at Valpo University for a few years and then got into high school coaching and spent uh, over 20 years at, at LaPorte High School. So I, I grew up going to games uh, in, in Indiana, and uh, I, I think it's kind of tough, uh, as, as I'm sure you experienced, tough not to love basketball when you're in Indiana. <laughs> no doubt. It seemed like, I think we were probably only teammates for like a year or so, but because you were around the team, it seemed like you were around for year, like my whole high school career. <laughs> right, right. And you're tall, yeah, and you're I mean, tall I, enough to be to be uh, you know get out there and, and play a little bit even before you're in high yeah. school. Yeah, I think, and and I think uh, what definitely helped me was was certainly the success that the high school had experienced. Uh, you know, when you were in school, and just having people that were everybody was kind of bought into the mentality of winning and what it took to be successful, and certainly playing with guys like Greg Tonigal, who was a high school teammate of ours, who's yeah. an Indiana all-star, now a very successful coach, and Steve Draven, who's a college coach at Bethel uh, University in South Bend. He was my high school and college teammate. So that that definitely helped to have guys that were, um, you know, we talked before we started about Steve. Steve is mm. 5'10", 165 pounds. <laughs> I, I don't know of a guy that maximized yeah. his ability more than Steve, right? Right. I mean, you, you, you probably seen guys over the years that you're like, boy, that guy left something on the table. I, you can't say that about Steve. You know, no. he, he he maximized his God given ability. 
No, no doubt. No doubt about it. You know, I think I, I still talk about uh, your dad. I think one of the things that he did that's underestimated uh, in, in high school programs is that he would show up at like the fifth grade games in town and just like had this like little grassroots sort of fingers in everywhere it felt like. And it kind of pulled everything together as it as it came into high school. And I think that maybe some coaches underestimate that focusing so much on you know, their team and not realizing like their team has to grow from somewhere. Yeah. I think especially in a small town, like, like where we grew up, you know, getting community buy-in at that early age is, is really important. He had a good, the couple things he did really well, he was, he was pretty good at marketing from the <laughs> yes. kids come to the camps yep. and giving the shirts out. And then he had really good assistance, both when he coached, he mm. retired from Valpo high school. I mean, his assistants were just phenomenal. He, Steve Draven, who we played with, his dad was an assistant. And, you know, those are – my dad kind of had – it was an interesting career because he started as a coach before the three-point line, right? And then yeah. Laporte, we were, that's what we were known for. So you had these guys that really figured out how to adapt to the game. 6,000 fans on hand saw a heck of a ball game. In the first half, Michael Bush with a dunk for Laporte. Fired up. Our delay game, we ran the last four and a half minutes of the game, I thought was really the key. The lead went from six to the final margin there. It's been a great year. We've lost one game in the last 100 days. What can you say? You're going back to regional where you came up a little short last year. Uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to it, baby, because I, I tell you, because last year I was on the team and I didn't get to play much, but I've been waiting for this for a long time. It's Hoosier history. Yeah, that's it, you know, for all the little schools out there. <laughs> Uh, and, and we made three point shooting cool before it was right. So it's weird. It's weird to talk about that. I do think about that sometimes because we did not have a, a traditional team. And, and this was like the, the nineties, you know, way, way before things really popped off. Like we didn't have feed it into the big guys. Like he's running an offense right. to get threes. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's transition to talk a little bit about this, this tournament. Cause I got to watch some of it on ESPN, which is a, a you know, a big a big name for a little town like you said but right. it's called the u.s marines nibc laporte invitational uh, it's over for this year but it's coming back so tell me the origin story about the, this project like how did how what was your involvement and how did yeah they, uh, get so set it, up? It, it was really fortuitous we the i took over as the city attorney in, in 2017 so i'm an attorney here in laporte indiana and took over uh in 2017 and uh you know, the Civic is a place just like you and I were talking about before we came on the air. The the Laporte Civic Auditorium is built in the 1930s. And it's like it, even though it wasn't in the movie Hoosiers, <laughs> I think you could attest, Aaron, it could have yeah. clearly been a place where they could have filmed, done filming for, for it, right? It's like you fully expect, uh, you know, like Jimmy Chitwood and the Hickory Huskers to come out at, at any moment. It's just, it's really kind of an iconic uh, facility and the city's done a really good job in especially in the last few years of, of keeping the tradition but also doing some significant updates to make it a 21st century uh, facility and so uh, we started talking about hey why you know we got Lalamere they're a national powerhouse mm -hmm. uh, you know nationally ranked won a national championship Let, let's get a game at at this Laporte Civic Auditorium and we were just talking about doing like one game, yeah. right? Let, let's get, let's, let's just kind of test the waters and let's see if we could get like a, a powerhouse from Chicago to come in and, and 
maybe early in the season, ESPN will, uh, you, you know, maybe they'll pick it up or something. And of course, we're pretty naive to understand how uh, I'll get into kind of how the ESPN stuff works. <laughs> it really, it was fascinating to kind of learn how stuff ends up where it does. I bet. So uh, we started talking about that. And uh, over the years, uh, Brett Benversi, who's the LaPorte Civic director, had had talked with Lalamere and they went through a couple coaching changes. And so he'd talk to a coach and, you know, it would just kind of, they, there'd be interest and kind of die off. And, and it, th- mm-hmm. this happened a couple of times and, and we totally understand that. The, and, and this is not a, a knock to, to Lalamere's facilities, but the, the Civic is a, is a really cool facility and, and, and to bring the kids in for an event like that, especially from their gym would be really a, 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 a step up. So, um, yeah, you're not kidding. I saw that that article you sent me. Doug Gottlieb is uh, tweeting out, "Where is this place, and how can I get there?" <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. It's the, so. Um, we we talked to Lalamere a couple times, and and then COVID happens, and all <laughs> of a sudden, Lalamere, what what these prep schools did that are in this universe of of kind of these premier prep preparatory schools, and you know, like Oak Hill. You know all the schools that played in this tournament: Oak Hill, Montverde, yeah. IMG Academy, Watsich, uh, Sunrise Christian, uh, um, and I'm blanking on a couple of the other schools. They were having trouble getting games, right? Because they're they're not part of a traditional state athletic association. Right. Yeah, and um, they, they give scholarships. It, it, they're they're very open about what it is. It's different than a traditional high school basketball program, and there's certainly we could probably talk the whole program about maybe the pluses and minuses of that, but um, they, they basically formed a conference because they couldn't play games. And so uh, they couldn't get regular teams on their schedule. So they formed bubbles, these bubbles basically, and they'd go play in the, what would that be? I'm losing track of my 2020, 2021 season. They'd go to different places and just play each other a bunch of times just so they could get games. So they reached out to us last season about, hey, can we do an event at the Civic? And we were really trying to make it work. And we just couldn't get, I think, with where the COVID was at that point and vaccines weren't yeah. widely available, we just weren't comfortable doing it. Yeah. But we said, let's, let's keep talking. So um, what, what they did uh, is they, they formed this conference of eight schools and they're, you know, they're spread out throughout, you know, from all Virginia, over the Florida, yeah. Kansas. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. I think there's one in Utah. I mean, they're they're really spread out. <laughs> yeah, there is. So part of their conference includes this company called Paragon Marketing, who is specializes in kind of uh, getting high school events. You know, they they put them out on. They work with different. Um, production companies and, and that's how these games end up on ESPN. So nice. they do all kinds of prep sports, football, basketball. I am sure they do other stuff as, as well. Um, but they, they are very, very organized. It was very impressive. So we start talking to them probably in the summer, um, it, it, maybe early fall. I don't remember when it was. And, um, uh, we first bring the Lalamere guys into the Civic. Some of them just being local had been in the Civic and some had not. And so this is the play, the players you're bringing in, uh, the coaches, coaches, the athletic director, okay. um, and then, um, their headmaster. Okay. Right. So at, at prep schools like that, it's not a principal. It's a, you gotta make sure their you version the of right, that. Yeah. The right words. So the headmaster, yeah, yeah. um, 
And for people that don't know, you know, Lalamere, some of these schools that that do this, what you call prep basketball, um, they're fly-by-night schools, right? They're right. really just basketball teams that kind of form a school. Lalamere is a legit prep school, like a very, very good private school. Yeah. Kids from all over the world come there. I mean, they probably have kids representing three or four continents, right? So For they're, sure. they're – um, a legitimate uh, prep school. John Roberts, who's the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, is a Lalamere grad. Of many, many prominent Lalamere grads. Yeah, they've so, been around forever too. They're not like a, right. an up and up and comer. They've just are right. new right. to the basketball scene, kind of. Right. They kind of decided, um, you know, maybe a decade ago to kind of get into this, and and I think it's they've walked the the tightrope very well with it while maintaining their high academic standards and then having this very prominent uh, basketball program. So uh, we had their, all of them out, and the ones that had not been to the Civic were like, this place is awesome. We think the <laughs> event, you know, they're just blown away. Yeah. And uh, it was like a perfect, like, sunny day. I, I And I don't know how long it's been since you've been in there, Aaron, but, you know, they got these huge windows, and it's just it was just gleaming. It looked yeah. great. And so uh, they said, let's get our marketing people, this Paragon Marketing, and they're based out of Chicago. So they brought all these different people from Chicago, and they were just same thing, just like this place <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. And the only criticism that the, that they had was they brought a guy, one of their kind of lighting guys, and he just said it's it's really, really dark in here. <laughs> And, and that, you know, that I remember about it. <laughs> What's that? That I remember about it. <laughs> right, right. So it worked out um, really well that the city was able to use uh, coronavirus relief funds uh, so that, you know, the federal government issued funds to millions and millions of dollars to, to well, billions and yeah. billions of dollars to cities. And then the city of Laporte ended up with millions. And one of the things you could use it for is tourism. Well, clearly, I mean, the Civic does concert. I mean, we do it, all, kinds all kinds of things of related yeah. to tourism. So we we're able to put new lights in and they're fantastic. It basically doubled the, the, I don't know what the light lighting term is, but it significantly improved the, the, the lighting. So, yeah. Yeah. um, and that the other things that we talked about with them were, you know, we don't want to just have another event that you guys go to. We, we said we feel pretty confident we're in Indiana. You know, when you when you guys when we watch you guys on ESPN, you know, you got half full gyms. Like we we think we're gonna we can pack this out. And and of course we say that and we're not really sure can 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 we do that. But we felt like with the caliber of players that they had, you know, they had kids going to Notre Dame, Indiana, Purdue, Michigan, Michigan State. You know, all these different big 10 schools and local schools that we thought that the junkies that are into college basketball would, you know, definitely be there. So <laughs> the, um, sick, the real sickos, huh? Yeah. Well, the Northwest Indiana city of LaPorte will open the new year with a big basketball bang, welcoming some of the top prep teams and players in the country for a three day nationally televised event. Thanks, Gary. It's called the U.S. Marines Intercollegiate Basketball Conference Series, and it will feature well-known basketball teams from Laporte's own Lalamere, Oak Hill Academy, IMG Academy, and others playing 12 games over three days in Laporte's historic Civic Auditorium. For nearly a century, the Laporte Civic Auditorium 
has served as a sign of recreation and social progress. From 1930 to 1940, the Port Civic Auditorium saw over one and a half million people come through the halls here, either as performers or citizens. Can you imagine having all that talent in LaPorte, Indiana, for people to see, people from Chicago to Indianapolis to Detroit should be coming down. I know there's gonna be major college coaches coming in for scouting. We've got recruits going to Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, uh, Baylor. You know, Baylor's the number one team in the country. They just signed somebody from one of these teams. Right, right. You know, I mean, I, cause they're just guys, and yeah. it's guys, of course, that just live and breathe this stuff. Yeah. And, and so, um, so one of the other conversations we had was what what are the expectations like from food to hotels to like you know we wanted to make sure we delivered on a a really high class uh, uh, event for the kids because you know two of the schools IMG Academy is in Bradenton Florida and Montverde is just outside Orlando I yeah. mean they're coming into uh, Northwest Indiana in the middle of winter I right? like <laughs> you got to make sure they might not on coats even. <laughs> right, right. I don't. I, Montverde, who was came into the, the tournament number one in the country, uh, some of them didn't have coats, you know. And I mean, it, <laughs> they just you know, they didn't think of it, you know. And so uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, you know, other than the weather, the things that we could control, there was a was a top notch event. So uh, we brought in the Laporte County Visitors Bureau. So you know, anytime I think most counties in Indiana probably have something similar, where. Um, you know, you part of your hotel tax goes to fund the visitors bureau that can put, you know, help fund these events. So right. we met with them and they said, Hey, let's probably the best place to put You'll think this is kind of ironic, but the, the best place to house all the teams is the blue chip casino. Because <laughs> the, and, and you kind of chuckle about that, but it's like, it, it is a very nice yeah. venue. Of course, the kids aren't going to get into the casino unless right, they, right. You know, they did something really dumb, but you know, you could house the seven away teams because obviously Lalamere stays on campus. But the the uh, the seven away teams from a food perspective, I mean, they just do a great event, and that's where um, I, I didn't know this till till this happened. But most of the teams that play football against Notre Dame stay at the Blue Chip. Makes so, sense. Um, they they don't want to be in South Bend, and it's it's a close enough distance for for most of them. So um, the the Blue Chip did did an absolutely fabulous job. So. Um, and we, we made sure, Hey, are we given the, the right f types of food? And, and it turns out they didn't have, you know, we didn't know if they were expecting <laughs> steak dinners or, or what, but like Jimmy John's Chipotle, I mean, that, that stuff did just fine. That goes over well with high school guys. They, right. They right. <laughs> so, um, so the, the event was a Thursday to Saturday and, um, the, the first day, the Thursday wasn't very well attended but friday and saturday the place was just was rocking yeah it was i mean packed. it was it was i i think the that the locals uh here really embraced it i got the sense from looking at social media after the fact that that the schools were really appreciative of the fans like they don't get to play in loud venue yeah. you know like it, it i I follow a lot of those schools and then the NIBC on, on social media. And I mean, where they're at this, wherever they're playing right now, you know, it's maybe half full and it didn't look like anybody was really well, into it. And it's hard because they're traveling to like the kind of 
random right. places and you know the size of the schools i mean i don't know what the enrollment is at, at lalamere but it's not like the you know right. the kids are going to get on planes right. and fly to right. you know if they went to you know out to a utah tournament or something right like exactly and so i i don't i don't even remember where they were this week but it just yeah you're exactly right that it just for kids that are so unbelievably talented, they rarely get to play in front of, you know, any sort yeah. of significant crowd. So they really got into it. Lalamere, of course, had somewhat of a home field advantage yep. because they, they did have a student section there. Yeah, they got a, they got a kid that has got long flowing hair and he, he dresses <laughs> up like Jesus for every game. And they, call, <laughs> oh my God. they call him JV Jesus. He yes. was in the front row. So you probably saw him. Uh, sure, so, yep. uh, but it really was, um, just a really uh, great event. There was a lot of college coaches that, that came there. Uh, I heard you know, that I one of my friends is, uh, uh, works out in New Mexico and his dad was at the event and got a picture with one of the New Mexico coaches, uh, sitting next to him. So there tr- people, the college coaches certainly traveled to see this. Yep. Yeah. I was, I, I, th- we, we honestly expected a few more of the head coaches, but you know, it's of course middle of the season and maybe they just sent their assistants there, but Alabama, Auburn, Notre Dame, Northwestern, Xavier, uh, and, and I'm sure I'm, I'm missing some of them, but yeah. um, uh, it was, you know, just from that perspective, really cool to see to see some of these guys. So um, we did sign a two-year contract with them. You mentioned it's coming back next year. So uh, I, I think we put on a really great event. I, the, the marketing people were really pumped with, you know, how it looked. So um, you, you mentioned, or I, I mentioned, I guess, kind of how this ESPN stuff works. It was kind of yeah, yeah. an interesting story about the Friday night game. Lalamere played Oak Hill, and they were originally supposed to play at 6 o'clock. And then on Thursday, so this is a Friday night, Thursday we learned that they flipped the 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock game, and they moved Lalamere and Oak Hill to 8 and they moved it to ESPN two, which is a huge like yeah. it was only going to be streamed on ESPN plus, and they flipped it to ESPN two because LeBron Junior or Le- LeBron James's son was supposed to be on at that time slot, and his game got canceled because of COVID, uh, and they so they just slipped that Lalamere game in. But what a huge benefit! A big, yeah. I mean, you think about every it's not a huge probably people I don't know how close people are paying attention, but. All of a sudden, ESPN2, you're on probably every sports bar in the country. LaPorte, Indiana, known as the Maple City, and this week it's the home of the U.S. Marines NIBC Series. It's the first full year of this one-of-a-kind high school basketball league headlined by some of the top teams and players in America, and they don't get better than these two. Number one, Montverde from Central Florida. Number two, Sunrise Christian from Wichita, Kansas. And Clark comes off the bench today for Montverde, which features nine ESPN-ranked players, the number one team in the country, and the defending GEICO national champions. They beat Sunrise Christian last April for the national title in Fort Myers, Florida. Late in the shot clock. That running hook, it looked like Magic Johnson in the 80s. You know, so every hotel, every, you know, whatever. So it was really a great event. I did get... I guess I should say I got messages from people I had not talked to in many years, just like <laughs> on social media, like, Hey, I've got the game. Like, Hey, I know you're in Laporte, like yeah. watch, watching this. So yeah. that was, 
that was really a uh, really cool uh, part of it. Yeah, just that recognition where it's like, uh, that's exactly how it was. I, I know I had heard about it uh, from Nick Burnell, one of our other uh, former teammates. Yeah. Uh, and so I was just out to eat on before. I watched the Friday, Saturday games, but I was just out to eat on Thursday and looked up and they had ESPNU on and there, there it was. And I was like right. pointing point out to the people I was with. I was like, oh, that's my hometown. Look at that. Right, yeah, right. Just fun. And that, that name recognition, word of mouth stuff goes a yeah. long way. Yeah, so it, it really went well. You know, we're going to do, um, as you do with a lot of big events, like a, a, a follow-up call with all the main parties here in the next couple weeks about things that we could do to improve. And there were certainly a couple things, but they were really minor in the in the scheme. Of, I mean, the event really went off well. Um, but it, it, it's not easy to put on an event like that. We had to, uh, for example, just a small thing, all the officials were small college basketball officials, which oh, are wow. which are not cheap to get, yeah. right? So, like the high school basketball officials, probably seventy-five to a hundred a game. I think we were paying some of the officials north of three hundred a game, wow. so, and and so it, it just got um, you know just some of those logistical things that that you had to figure out. But <laughs> we 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 made it work, and it went off really. I, I think from our perspective, really well, and. Uh, a lot of credit goes, you know, obviously to Brett Benversi, who's the civic director and our parks department director, Mark Schreiber, and then to the mayor, uh, because he just doesn't take no from people. <laughs> also, the, the, also a Hooper. Also a Hooper. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, he played college baseball at Purdue. That's but yeah, right. he, yeah. he, um, I, I was standing there with him and he's talking to the owner of Paragon marketing. I think this was the first day. And he's like, just like on him, like what, what do we got to do to host the national championship? You're not going to have a be- better atmosphere. You know, he's just like <laughs> always selling. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, and so he just, he, it, it's crazy. Like you kind of think in a small town sometimes, Oh, this could never happen in a city like this. And obviously like you just keep pushing and you know, this event could lead to the next event or maybe, right. you know, one of the things you're, if you read that article that I had sent you from the South Bend Tribune, what, what about hosting a, you know, a college basketball game. For sure, there, you know? yeah. You know, and, and you know, these times where it's even good college basketball teams are struggling to get fans, yeah. what about playing in a 1,500-seat gym where it's just, like, rocking, right? Yeah, they had, a, they had a game at a, on an aircraft carrier, I mean. Right, right. <laughs> you, could do, you could do something at an old Indiana gym and uh, right. probably have a better quality of game than it was an right. aircraft carrier. Yeah, so, it, you know, one of the um, – uh, things we, we really had to consider. So our, our mayor is, is Tom Dermody, his nephew, Todd Dermody, who's a couple years younger than me, actually broke a backboard there at a, at a, at a high school event. <laughs> you know, this would have been 15 years ago, 16 years ago at this point. So we were really concerned. Like, we've got some kids that are going to be NBA players. Like, we, we had a backup, back, backup backboard, <laughs> case, you, you know. So yeah. luckily nobody destroyed a backboard. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, Aaron, these that'd have been so, great. That'd have been great television if they did. Oh, it absolutely <laughs> would have been. But I mean, these kids are so so athletic at this level. Yeah, I mean, right. we had, I think we had over twenty top one hundred basketball players in the country at at this event. Um, Montverde alone had six top twenty five players in the country on their team. So. It, one player doesn't start and he's ranked in the top 25 in the country. Right. I mean, that is, yeah. Wild. Right. 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 But, 
you know, I'll tell you a lot. We were walking, I was walking in on Friday night and somebody I knew was walking out and he was like, Oh, I came cause I'm a big IU fan and Montverde's got a kid that's committed to IU. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that, that's what drew a lot of people was to, to see this type of athleticism. Yeah. Um, even with really good high school basketball in Northwest Indiana, you're not going to see that on that kind of basis. Right. Yeah. Just the level of level of competition right. and the, and the closeness that you could get to, it had to have been a cool right. experience. So what was it like seeing the, seeing the games then were they, the competitive games, the ones you got to see in person? Yeah. So definitely the, the Lalamere, I was not able to attend the Saturday events cause I was out of town, but the, the, um, you know, the first day Montverde was number one in the country, got beat by Sunrise Christian. So in, in, in pretty decided fashion. And then the first day, most of the games were just kind of lopsided. And then the second day we had some really close games and, and the ESPN two game between Lalamere and Oak Hill was, was definitely a very good, very good game. And um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of Oak Hills coach, but he's like, we were kind of joking. He's kind of the OG, the, of, of high school prep basketball, you know, they were one of the first, to kind of do the prep basketball scene. Yeah, they're like Carmelo and right, all, the, right, all the guys right. from the – even before that. Like, right. Yeah. So he's been there f- forever. And he's an example of a guy – he, like, uh, posted about the Civic on his social media. So, you, you know, nice. it's just – you add that stuff up. And that is one of the things that that NIBC, that, that Paragon and this NIBC, uh, you know, that they put together was the social media aspect was – really really impressive yeah so um so that was really uh you know f- fun to see and, and i think too that we were able to deliver on our promises of you know having a great venue and a great event and um it just went really well and i thought that the article from the south bend trib that i had sent you really kind of yeah, summed sure. it up yeah so what what is it about uh, let's, let's switch to a little talking little indiana high school basketball what is it about uh indiana high school basketball or, high, or basketball in indiana that resonates still you know i think that for us it could have been the, the single class system but it seems like people still care you know i, I live in a small yeah, town still it, in indiana you know i i follow on on social media a couple indiana high school fan pages high school basketball fan pages and I think you're you're down in southern Indiana now, yeah. right? And yep. in and it seems like down there from you know the pictures that get posted, it's still a as big a deal as it was maybe when we were growing up and before we we were around. Up here it's kind of hit or miss. I think it really depends on if somebody's got a good team at this point. You know, mm-hmm. I think when we were growing up, you could still be kind of average and still get pretty good crowds yeah. any more up here. That that's, that's not the case, <laughs> I, I would say, but um, the the one day of the year where it's still like f- fun is I would say the, the regional up here at Michigan city. Still get, <laughs> that's such a great, that's a, such a great old gym at this point. It, it is. And you usually get, you know, you're in the four, a class for that. And it's, usually four really good Northwest Northern Indiana schools. And it, it can get kind of rowdy in there still on <laughs> Saturday morning, Saturday night. Yeah. They've got the, the giant bleachers with so something like what? 6,000 people that you can fit in them. Yeah. Place? You know, the, crazy. Probably the, the, the best, I, I, I was lucky since my dad was the coach that I got to see a lot of good events there over the years. Yeah. Probably the last time that that place that I remember it rocking was, uh, uh, I, this would have been two, whatever it was, Robbie Hummel and Scott Martin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they played, so they played at Valpo high school together and then went on to play at Purdue together. 
and they were playing against East Chicago, who had Etwan Moore, who's oh, in the wow, NBA, yeah. played at Purdue with both of those guys. And East Chicago beat them and went on to win the, the state championship. That was standing room only. I mean, they had to start turning people away. That was that was pretty fun atmosphere. Uh, but, yeah, it's not – I can tell down in southern Indiana it's still a really big deal. In yeah. fact, I, you're, are, you, are you in Jasper? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. Like Jasper's new gym. Holy smokes. Like, <laughs> I know, right? It, it's unbelievable yeah. that, that usually now when you see – you know, communities build some, they don't build them as big anymore. And for a town uh, the, or the city, the size of Jasper to build something like that, it was obviously a commitment to their, to their athletic. Well, we've got a little, uh, little, uh, gym here, Cabby O'Neill gym too. That is just fantastic too. Super neat old, old gym, too, yeah. which was the old high school gym when they won the champion, their championship in what the late or early fifties or something like that. So yeah. pretty crazy. But like I mean, oh, this past weekend, I think Lagodi played Bar Reeve, which are like these right. tiny little tiny. schools. And I mean, I mean, and there's 4,500 <laughs> people at the game, and yep. I mean that, that's like how many people live in the county, right? <laughs> it is. People around here still travel, especially like when uh, you know there's the the Zeller boys were playing up in Washington. Right. So that's that's a really cool gym too. That that's to one that. that I've always uh, always wanted to get to. Yeah. Uh, of course, you and I got to go to the wigwam and yes. Anderson. Which uh. was, Sadly, rest in, close. rest in peace. Yeah, right, right. But um, it, yeah, obviously Newcastle uh, is a great, a cool venue. But th- there's some of these smaller venues. Civic's a good example that that you know aren't that big, but just have great character, right? So yeah, no uh, doubt. So I, I think you know, like you you see like what um, Knightstown has done with you know where where the home gym of the Hickory Huskers and the movie <laughs> Hoosiers. You know, they've turned that into this venue where they just play events there. Nonstop, yeah. or or you and I could go rent it out, right, and take yeah. our buddies and go play there. You know, I, obviously, I don't think the Civic could get to that, you know, kind of that iconic because it wasn't in a movie. But I think it's a venue that people come into it and they're just like, "Wow, this is a beautiful venue," and you don't even have to be a a basketball fan to appreciate that. Yeah. So. Well, when Netflix reboots Hoosiers as a series, right. you need to get right. uh, get them to use the Civic. Right, we're, right. We're we're, we're ready. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of years. Well, this would have been uh, 20, 2016. Ted Cruz was re- still in the presidential race yeah. and came and spoke at the Civic. <laughs> so I went just out of curiosity more yeah. than anything, and and Glenn Beck like spoke like opened for Ted Cruz, and <laughs> you know. Whatever you think of Glenn Beck, and, and yeah. he's this like very good, like he he can capture you. And he started talking about the civic and the history of it, and it was like you're like you know I don't think Glenn Beck's a basketball fan, but he's yeah. like this you know it's just such a cool yeah like draws you in right the bones right, the bones right, of it right yeah that's awesome. I, I, I've joked that I think really that you know Mayor Dermody's ultimate goal is to get Pearl Jam to play at the Civic. That's <laughs> his, I think that's his secret. Oh, I'm goal. in on I'm in on that. Let me know when he gets that hooked yeah. up. <laughs> well, give us just give us some of your uh, favorite high school experiences because, like you said, you grew up in it, but you had your own career that was uh, pretty storied at Laporte. So, what were some a couple of your uh, favorite high school experiences? Maybe yeah. one is a one is watching growing up and one uh, playing. Yeah, I I think. Um, one of I think it would have been your junior year in high school, and I was in eighth grade, and and the the Laporte basketball team went to the Final Four. Uh, that that whole experience was was very exciting, and I think a couple of things from that 
Um, you know, I, I don't think I was the smartest middle schooler at, at the time, <laughs> but I was smart enough to kind of appreciate that, you know, that at the final four, there was like 28 or 30,000 people there, whatever it was. And I was like, the city of LaPorte's got 22,000 people. There's more people here to watch <laughs> a bunch of teenagers yeah. play basketball. And that was such a, you know, just eye-opening experience to kind of sit at the end of the bench and, and just see what, what hard work got you. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it wasn't, there was certainly some luck involved um, just like any March for basketball to, to get to that point. Right. I think a couple games could have gone, you know, were close games and, Maybe you don't. We don't end up there, but one went. Uh, one went the wrong way too. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That that last game that, yeah. that they lost. But it, I mean, it wasn't luck that that got that team there. It was a bunch of guys that committed to you know making themselves the best versions of themselves. Right. And and I think uh, what's kind of cool is I'm younger than all of you, but um, every one of you guys has gone on to do really fantastic things with your lives. And I, I don't think that's a coincidence, yeah. right? That, that, I don't think so. that, that that's happened. And so um, the other thing that my, my, my dad's kind of a storyteller. Uh, <laughs> kind of is an understatement. <laughs> I, I, I remember, I remember <laughs> this, the, the day before the, the final four, the team, and of course my dad, I, I'm there and the coaches are there and there was like a, they had an event at the Marat Theater like oh, for yeah. all the basketball teams, and um, Bobby Plump came up to the team. And, and of course, for, I think most people probably know who that is, but Bobby Plump's, you know, who in the movie Hoosiers, he's the one that hits the last second shot in real life, right? So for the for Milan when they won the state championship, and he came up to to speak to the team, and at the same time, Senator Richard Luger came up and he had to wait for Bobby Plump to be done speaking. And my dad just kind of <laughs> joked, like only in Indiana does the Senator have to wait for the basketball legend to get done. Right. right. So I thought that that was um, a, a pretty cool thing, but um, my, you know, growing up too, my, my dad played college basketball at Northwestern and his college coach was um, Tex winner. Yeah. And uh, Tex uh, went on to win nine NBA championships with the Bulls and the Lakers. He was the kind of the the mastermind behind the triangle offense that the Bulls ran with Jordan and Pippen, and then later it, with the Lakers with um, Shaq and Kobe. And my dad got to play for him, and so my dad would take me to a Bulls game usually every year, and we'd get to go down and talk to Coach Winter. And it was just you know for a kid that just idolized yeah. Jordan, um, you know to get that close down there. It was just a really cool experience. Right. So, um, uh, it, I, I don't know how many times you got to go to bulls games, but I didn't really appreciate how lucky I was until I got to college and like none of my college teammates <laughs> had ever got to see Jordan play yeah. live. Right. Yeah. So, um, I didn't, I didn't uh, realize how lucky I was to be a bulls fan when uh, Jordan was there until the bulls were terrible for the last right, time right. till this, till this yeah, year. It's much. a hard ticket to yeah. get now, Aaron. Yeah, it's, know. You know, uh, a lot of my friends now have kids and, and they're wanting to take their boys to the game. It's like, they're like, ah, geez, I'm gonna yeah. have to like tap my IRA or yeah. something <laughs> right. to go to a game. No so, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think, uh, as a, as a player, um, I, I don't know if I had, I mean, certainly in college, my kind of my 15 seconds of fame were beating Missouri when they were in the top 25. That was a really great experience. And, and for people that follow college basketball, that was kind of the first step for Belmont where I played. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> Dog love. Arf. Mizzou lost to Illinois, then lost to Memphis. Belmont should be a breather. But don't sleep on the reigning Atlantic Sun Conference champs. Uh, you know Belmont, of course. Huh? The Bruins, Nashville School, reigning champs. As I said, first ever game against a Big 12 team. Okay, eight seasons in Division I, 0-5 against ranked opponents. Missouri's one of those. But still, look at the kids fight. Nick Otis is my man. Dog, Belmont up three. Otis then drains another bomb. They go on a 36-14 run to take a 10-point lead, but the home team forces a tie at 59. Steve Draben inside, got it for two. Belmont back up a deuce. They're up three at 64-61 with a minute or so left. Minute 10, Draven to Josh Goodwin off the pick. Draven hits it, and looky there. Belmont wins in a stunner, 71-67, third straight loss for Mizzou. For the, you know, the steps that they've taken over the years to become really a kind of a mid-major powerhouse, yeah. for lack of a better term. So um, that that was certainly exciting. Playing, um, uh, I got my scholarship because the Belmont had come to watch my high school teammate, Steve Draven, who had already committed there. And they came, this was actually kind of, kind of goes to the point of Indiana high school basketball, the two assistant coaches for Belmont and Belmont's in Nashville came to Michigan city to watch the sectionals uh, when we were playing. And um, we played Michigan city in the championship game, my junior year. And there's about 6,000 fans there. And they, <laughs> I think to this day would still say it was the best high school basketball game they'd ever been to. So <laughs> crazy. Um, I, I just kind of right place at the right time and ended up, they followed me that summer and that's how I got my scholarship. That's awesome. What, what was the basketball atmosphere like in Nashville? Um, not, not great. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, not, not terrible. We certainly yeah, got yeah. a couple games well, where we got, got so you, Belmont had only been like, Division one for a few years by the right. time you got there, right? Yeah, my my freshman year was the first year that they were fully eligible. Oh, okay, uh, and so and we were building a new arena at the time, and so the first my freshman sophomore year we had to play off campus, and so it was just tough, obviously, yeah. to get fans to your games. Uh, and then my my junior year we opened with the Curb Event Center, which is where they still play, and it's a great yeah great venue about 5,000 seats um and it's like it, it's a true kind of small arena and so mm -hmm. um they they have drawn better and better fans uh they've moved to a the Ohio Valley which like Murray State who actually thumped them yesterday <laughs> uh but they're moving to the Missouri Valley next year which is even a, a bigger step up so um it it's definitely improved I I I think success, like anything, draws fans, and, and the more successful they've become, the better fan base that, that they've had. Yeah, it's cool to have been there at the the beginning of uh, kind of the Division One process. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's great going back. And, you know, the I will say one of the great things, Belmont has done a lot of great things, and it's mind-blowing to go back to that campus. When I was there, when I started, there was 3,000 students. They have 9,000 <laughs> students now. And they, I mean, I bet they've built 10 buildings since, ten, since I've been there. Crazy. And some of that's obviously great leadership. Some of it's being lucky, probably being right in Nashville. Yeah, right. That, that kind of goes is, with the city too, right? Right. That's that city. Like people will ask me, Nick, what should I do in Nashville? And like, I, I don't know. Cause half of the stuff that's there now wasn't there when, when I was there. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really cool town. And of course Vanderbilt's kind of the big, the big deal there. Right. I think right. that's when, 
when I tell people I went to school in Nashville, they'll be like, Oh, did you go to Vanderbilt? You know, I was like, no, I was definitely not good enough to play <laughs> at, at Vanderbilt. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's end up, let's end with some, uh, quick, quick hitters, uh, sure. and we'll get you out of here. We so appreciate your time tonight and telling us a little bit about this event. And, uh, I'm going to try to make it up there next year. I, I heard about so, so late in the process, but I want to definitely yeah. ch- check it out myself next year. So what is, what is your favorite place, uh, to, to visit in Nashville? Ooh, uh, I'd have to say the pancake pantry. Right. So <laughs> that's a classic. Uh, it's, the place, yeah, it's the place that I always recommend people check out. Yeah. Uh, for breakfast, uh, it was the place that I went on my official visit when I went there, and and cert- I went there last time I, I was down in Nashville in December and definitely checked it out. So that's that's my pick to click uh, uh, if if you're going to be in Nashville. Get there early, or you're going to be waiting in line. Right, right. <laughs> all right, all right. What's the coolest arena you played in? Ooh, that that's um, man. You know, I, I'd have to say it's just. You know where where it's pat like Michigan City is you know it's which is one of the largest high school gyms in the United States. Uh, when that place is packed, it's it's a pretty fun place to play. I got to play at Memphis uh, nice. at the old the old pyramid yeah. uh, before they. Before, well, I think it's still there. It's not, it's just not used as an arena anymore. Right. Uh, and I like those older like all the new professional arenas. Obviously, they're very very nice, but yeah. the, they don't have that same feel that you know I'd say some of the older places have. So, the pyramid was pretty cool. Um, you know, I can't. My first college game was at Southern Illinois, and that's a place that can be not a fun place to play for a visiting <laughs> college basketball team. Yeah. Well, maybe this goes with that. Then, who are the the craziest or wildest opposing fans that you faced? Um. Luckily, I never had to play at Duke because uh, I Belmont played at Duke after I played, and I heard that they're pretty pretty <laughs> terrible. Uh, so our biggest rival was Lipscomb University, which is literally two miles down the road from okay. from okay. Belmont. And so you would know like personal things about the other players, and <laughs> that this is actually an ode to, to, to Belmont's fans. But uh, my my senior year, we were playing playing Lipscomb, and their point guard had just broken up with his girlfriend and our oh student section God. called chanted her name oh every time brutal. he got the ball. Yeah. So, that's brutal. Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, oh yeah. You go, go ahead. No, I, I think that that's really about it. I, I, I know when we played at Missouri, one of my college teammates was an Eagle scout and he never, <laughs> he didn't play. And they were just like on him the entire oh game. So, um, That's good. I, I like the light, lighthearted fun. You got it. It, it does add right. to the, it adds to the atmosphere. If there right, be, that's right. the, the rivalries are important in college basketball, the atmosphere and knowing things right. about, about the community, I think makes it more entertaining too, for the fans. Absolutely. All right. Who is the most impressive opponent you ever played against? You know, one guy that kind of went unheralded uh, in, was Matt Frege, who played at Vanderbilt. Uh-huh. Uh, Matt, Matt was a year ahead of me in school. I think he was the SEC player of the year. He was drafted by Miami and I think maybe played one just a couple years in the NBA and then play. I probably played overseas would be my guess, but in, in the summer, we'd play pick. Vanderbilt was where you'd go, like if you're a college basketball player, to play pickup. And um, he he was so he's six ten. He could shoot, 
And it was just like a reminder of like how good you had to be <laughs> to make it in the NBA. Yeah. He was SEC player of the year. And another guy that would play a lot um, in those summer pickup games was a guy named Dante Jones. And, and uh, not the one, not the one that played at Duke. Okay. This one, Dante played, Don, this Dante Jones played at Mississippi State in the early 90s. Oh, yeah, okay. And uh, played played uh, in the NBA for a little bit. And then I, I don't know if he had some personal issues or what, but ended, ended up playing overseas and had a long career overseas and was nasty. Like, yeah. just like, he, Ron Mercer would come to those uh, pickup games and a couple other uh, NBA guys uh, that, I'm blanking on right now. Um, and Dante Jones would, in my opinion, just be the best player there. Six, you know, six, eight, six, nine, Big dude, could yeah. do, just do everything. And I remember a couple of times I, I'd end up on, I was on his team one time and all I could do was shoot, but he knew I was a good shooter. And once I didn't, you'd play to seven by ones. Yeah. And so it was like very cutthroat. And I was just like nervous sometimes. And he just yell at like, shoot, like he knew that, that's what I was good at, right? Yeah. And if I'm not doing that, like, what the hell am I doing on the court? <laughs> so, um, but he was really fun um, uh, guy to, to watch and, and play against. Love it. Well, again, appreciate you coming on. We'll have to next year when I'm up. We'll uh, we'll we'll figure out a time to maybe maybe sh- shoot some hoops. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You definitely definitely come up next year. I, I think it's going to be. Um, as the marketing people reminded us, like we have proof of concept, that's right? right. So, that's right. So, Word of mouth now too. Right. Right. So I'm looking forward to it and, and hopefully um, you'll, you'll decide to come up to the frozen tundra. <laughs> that's right. I'll get my snowshoes out. I got, I've right. got, a, I've got a winter jacket still. <laughs> Good. All right, Nick, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the 199 podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do. And while you're at it, leave us a rating or review. Five stars only, like the basketball camp. We also have links to all of 19.9 social media so you never miss a release. Until next time, 